The man has a special.
will no more. And uh, it'll be a great day. Great day. All right. Great to see everyone tonight. And go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Numbers tonight. Book of Numbers, chapter 21. A little bit of a, kind of a opposite theme uh, titled tonight, From Victory to Discouragement. From Victory to Discouragement. Many times uh, it's easy to get caught up on a high and then get to a low. You kind of get knocked back on your heels a little bit. And so, uh, many times, matter of fact, this is where we get a song, Look and Live, My Brother Live, uh, the lesson, the story about the fiery serpents that are found uh, in the Old Testament. Many of you have heard this before. So, Numbers 21, beginning with verse 1. Before we get started, uh, real quick, uh, uh, Brother Mike uh Sharing with me earlier about his uncle, Richard Adams. They're having to do surgery on him and uh, taking his leg. And uh, so please remember him in prayer. That's uh, Mike's uncle, Michael Adams' uncle. So lift him up in prayer. Numbers 21, beginning with verse 1. When King Arid, the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies... Then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of that place Hormah. And uh, that... uh, and looking at this, and I see uh, a couple of things. Number one, they're getting ready to enter into the promised land. They're having some uh, difficulties. They, they struggled all along the way. They had ups and downs and mountains and valleys and good things and bad things. And uh, so they run into this problem here. The uh, king of the Canaanites... And they lost some men. They lost some people. And then here in our text here, it says Israel vowed a vow. They made a basically a deal with God. They said, oh, Lord, we need your help. If you'll do this, we'll do this. And notice it says in verse 3, And the Lord hearkened, that means heard, the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, well, they're so excited. This reminds me of a, of a story, another one over here in Acts chapter 12. Everybody head to Acts chapter 12. And I call this, you know, sometimes we ask God to answer our prayers. We pray for our church. We pray for our family. And then sometimes I've seen this. Then God answers our prayer and we're surprised when he does. I love this passage here. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed the pastor, and he had the associate pastor ready to die also. Now James and Peter, 
were James and John were uh, uh, trapped here, and uh, excuse me, James and Peter. There, get it right. James, the brother of John, there. And uh, so he's one of the main guys. This is, remember, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. He's one of the main leaders in the church. Now, Peter becomes that a little bit later on. It kind of falls in line with uh, some of that leadership. And so he has the two main guys in jail. He goes ahead and chops James's head off. Matter of fact, this is the very first of the apostles that are martyred. Now, of course, uh, Judas wasn't martyred. He went out and hung himself. So that really wasn't a martyrdom. And, of course, we know that probably, more than likely, Judas wasn't saved to begin with. But it says here, verse 4, I'm in Acts 12, 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quaternions, quaternions, of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So the whole church of Jerusalem is praying for Peter's release. Then God breaks them out of jail. He breaks them out of jail. And so Peter, he's walking through, and I love how it says, I mean, God, according uh, to verse 10, it says they're, oh, they're, they're just walking up to doors and gates are just opening. I mean, chains falling off, gates opening, all sorts of good stuff happening. Peter still, have y'all ever walked, uh, got up in the middle of the night, you got to go to the restroom or something, you just walk and you're kind of in a half daze. You just, you just in a half daze, half sleep. Peter, he was that away. He was just kind of... Still, he was still groggy because notice it says in verse 11, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, wow, I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel. Now, okay, I get it. I see what was done. Man, this has been awesome. And then it says, so he, he goes up there where they're all praying and he goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, John Mark. And they, there's a whole bunch of them gathered. Notice it says where many were gathered together praying for who? Praying for Peter. And look at verse 13. And as Peter knocked on the door, Rhoda came. Rhoda. And she, and she knew Peter's voice. And it's kind of like, kind of like this, you know. Peter's knocking and Rhoda's over here at the door. And Oh, it's you, Peter. That is awesome. Let me go tell everybody. <laughs> she didn't even let him in. I mean, she's all beside herself, all excited. I can't believe God's answered my prayer. That's what it says right there. And notice it says right there in verse 14, she opened not the gate for gladness. Notice it even tells why she didn't open the gate. I like that. Why? For gladness ran in. And notice verse 15. This is the key. Verse 15 says, uh, you're crazy. Y'all see the King James says, thou art mad. Uh, that's, uh, Southeast Arkansas for you're crazy. <laughs> you're, you, you're just imagining that. That's, that's gotta be a spirit or ghost or something. There's some other explanation. There's no way in the world that our prayer is answered. Huh. <laughs> Isn't that something we pray and pray and pray and then we're surprised when God answers our prayer? 
Well, meanwhile, back at the ranch, that means go back to numbers. <laughs> go back to numbers where we were. So we had a great victory here in Numbers 21. Great victory. Everything's running smooth at the church. Everything's going great at the church. And then verse 4 happens. Oh, boy. Everything's going smooth in your family. Everything's going smooth on your job. And then a verse 4 happens to you. Wait a second. What are you, what are you talking about, Brother Michael? What's the verse 4? Is that code for something? That's code for look at 21.4. <laughs> what does it say? And so they're coming around by the Mount Hor, by the way of the Red Sea. And the soul of the people was discouraged. You ever been discouraged? Oh boy, it's easy to get discouraged. There's all sorts of reasons to be discouraged. And notice here, the people spake against God and against Moses. Whether you study it in the English language or the original language, it doesn't matter. They didn't, they didn't go to God. This wasn't to their prayers. This wasn't to Moses. They just started griping. They griped about what God had done. They griped about what uh, Moses was doing. And folks, I just want to point out here, if you, have a, if you write in your Bible... And I've got this in my notes. Just draw a line or a note or just a mental note. It says the people, look at verse 5, the people spake against God that revealed their heart. And when it says they spake against Moses, that revealed their attitude. When you're talking about, and, and a lot of times most people won't, but they sure did. They won't literally say something against God, but boy, they'll they'll just they'll bebop all around it. That revealed their heart. Their heart for them to do that, their heart wasn't right with God, and for them to do that about Moses. And notice it says they didn't go to Moses; they just talked about him. They just they did. It doesn't say. Matter of fact, you're going to see that because what they did led to public sin and public criticism and public accusation, you're going to see as we read the text that they apologize to God and they apologize not about Moses, they apologize to Moses. So when they, it says what they do, they spake. And that was just taught, that just, that's all it means. There's no hidden meaning there. It just, they spake against God, revealed their what? Heart. They spake against Moses, their attitude. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I need to go talk to the guy. I'll just talk about him. And that's, so it revealed their heart, then their attitude. And then it says, it all stemmed, not because people weren't being saved, not because people weren't doing right. According to verse 5, it says, Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, neither is there's water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. I'm tired of this sunbeam. I'm tired of this sunbeam. I, I, I want a, uh, man, I want a Subway sandwich. And of course, they're referring to the manna. Well, it, Notice it wasn't, a, it wasn't a spiritual complaint, it was a physical complaint. Something that could have, something could have been done. God didn't hesitate. God doesn't mess around in verse 6. 
He just says, boom. And he sent fiery serpents. <clears throat> I, uh, here the other day I was running and uh, took a nice picture. And fortunately, it was dead. Took a nice picture of this cane brake rattlesnake. And uh, right up here before you get to the uh, bridge up here, somebody's already asking, where'd you see it, Brother Michael? <laughs> Don't like snakes. Where, where is this at? It was, it was gorgeous. Fortunately, it was dead. Somebody had already chopped its head off and its rattlers off. So I don't know if that's just where it ended up. That's where it was killed. Don't know the story. Didn't do an autopsy. But uh, all I know is, is I jumped back first. Then I took the picture because I run with my phone. It tells me how far I run, how fast I'm running. And uh, so I took the picture. I stopped long enough to do that. I posted it because it was just a pretty, you know, some people said all snakes are ugly. I, I, I like them. And uh, as far as they're, as long as I see them first, okay, that's always a good thing. See them first. I wonder what these were looking like. Fiery serpents. Fiery serpents. I've heard people pronounce that different ways. It doesn't matter. Uh, probably if, if y'all don't like snakes, they probably were horrible to begin with. It doesn't matter if they're 12 inches long or 12 feet long. These were, these were bad to the bone snakes. They couldn't stop them. Matter of fact, people were dying. Notice it says much people. A lot of people were dying that God didn't hesitate. Number one, because he knows the power of, of, of infection, of complaints and discouragement. And matter of fact, that's the biggest enemy of, uh, that Satan has, or the biggest weapon Satan has. Now, no, here we go. Here we go. You know, verse 7, it's horrible what happened in verse 6, but folks, whenever you make a mistake, the best thing is to admit it. And that's what they did. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. Notice they didn't go to Joe Brown or... Susie Q, they didn't go to their neighbor. They went to who? They went to Moses. And they said, we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from before us. And the end of verse 7 says, Moses said, do it yourself. <laughs> it doesn't say that, does it? Moses said, get on out of him. You, wait, wait a second. Weren't you the very one who was saying all that? Well, I'm glad you apologized, but I don't really care. Moses was the bigger person. He was. I, well, I know what y'all did. But you know what? God's matter of fact, the Bible says this. The Bible says this about Moses. There was not a meeker man than Moses. Meekness is strength under control. It doesn't mean he was weak. Meekness is not weak. He was a man that cared about his people. They did the right thing. They went to Moses. They went to God. They got things right between God. And they got things right between Moses. And the end of that verse does say what? It does say Moses what? He prayed for the people. And the people, or excuse me, God said, okay. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent. Make it, make it out of brass. And set it on a pole. And it shall come to pass 
And everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, that when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. You know, what Moses did showed his heart when Moses prayed for the people. It's a neat scripture. A lot of us know uh, about John 3.14. This symbolized Jesus Christ. About 2,500 years later, Jesus Christ would be put on a pole, actually on a tree. The Bible says in John 3.14, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Uh, I want you to I want to show you something real real quick here. How hard was it? To to live verse nine. This this numbers twenty one nine. How hard was it to live? Everybody that looked lived. If he just looked, he lived. You can be going through something bad tonight. They were going through something bad. And God just says, turn to me. I'll help you live. I love this part. It says, he put it on a pole. He put it up. And it says, and it came to pass. Now look, at, look again at verse 9. I believe he's got it on the screen. And uh, Numbers 21, 9, and it came to pass. It came to pass. Some of the most amazing words in the Bible. And it came to pass. One reason it came to pass is God said it would. And one reason it came to pass is that He gave a promise. If you'll just look, you'll live. Can you imagine being so hard-headed that I tell you what, if Moses made it, I ain't looking. <laughs> How hard is it to get to not get saved? I tell you what, I'm not praying. I'll do it my way. I'll work my way to heaven. I'll, I'll start my own church. I'll write my own Bible. There's been a lot of people do that very th thing, haven't they? That's just being, that's all it, I mean, how simple is it to be saved? Even Jesus said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. How easy is it to get saved? It's just as easy to have revival. It's just as easy to make things right with someone. It's just as easy to have a relationship with God. And it shall come to pass. And it came to pass. As we prepare for a hymn invitation. Father, we bow before you, thanking you for this opportunity tonight. See how easy discouragement can set in. Even after a great victory and an answered prayer, just by allowing 
a critical spirit, a, a, a selfish spirit to creep in. We can get our eyes off of you. We get them on ourself or our situation. Father, may we always look to you for strength and let you give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen.